All right. Hello. It is uh, Mr. Geary. I'm here with Ryan. What's up, Mr. Geary? And Zach. How are we? And uh, we got a very, very special episode of the uh, WRHS Sporting Concern today. We uh, are talking about sportsmanship and competitiveness. And uh, we're doing this uh, in light of the, the game from early last month, the uh, Sacred Heart Academy Lyman Hall girls basketball game, uh, in which the score differential became a topic of uh, local news. And uh, we're lucky enough to have a very special guest on the pod, uh, Joe Zone from WFSB, the sports director at uh, WFSB was kind enough to join Mrs. Geary's advisory, and then he stuck around to give us uh, about 15 minutes, and uh, it turned out to be a great interview. What did you guys think of the interview? Uh, I think it was really great. Yeah. I think we covered a lot of important topics, and, and he gave some great answers as well, not only about you know the, um, the situation in the game at, again from Lyman Hall and Sacred Heart Academy, but also about um, you know podcasting, broadcasting, and, and the state of sport and you know sports as well. Yep, I would agree with Zach. He gave us some nice life advice about like broadcasting in general and help us with our senior project and then also yeah he had great responses he answered all our questions yep he was incredibly generous with his time so uh we thank him for that and uh stick around after this quick break we will uh get right into the interview here on the wrhs sporting concern stick around All right, so just uh, so you know, uh, I'm Megan's husband. I'm Paul Geary. This is Zach. Hi, Zach. This is Ryan, Ryan. and we host a uh, sports podcast here. We were weekly during football season, given our uh, fantasy football picks, but now we're on a monthly format with a topic each month. So we thought this was a good topic. So You guys are um, fantasy? What's that? So you guys, you had a fantasy podcast? <laughs> yes. No no gambling, just, just fantasy. Yeah? We had a fantasy so, football podcast. I was in two. I was in three. I won one, finished second in the other, and did not show up in the third. Uh, all picking from 10, 11, and 12. So it can be done. But you did pretty good, right? I did. I won one. Second in the third. I won two. Nice. All right. Speak loudly. And just so background, too, both Zach and Ryan are athletes as well. So okay. – um, yeah, we don't want to uh, we don't want to repeat what we just talked about. So we just had a few other questions. Um, first off, we, you know, like you said, you haven't talked to any of the players. Uh, we obviously didn't. We don't know much about the coach, so we didn't want to get into specifics. But my first question was, you know, with high school sports, there's always a thin line between competition and sportsmanship. More so, I think it gets a little less so with college and then less so when you're a professional. So where do you see the balance or the importance of competition and sportsmanship at the high school level? It's it's such a difficult path to travel because for, and this is a small minority of students, but how they do individually, scores, stats, time, speed, wins, will help contribute to how potential college scouts will look at them as athletes. So there's always that line where 
you know, even in that in that game where the girls, you know, scored 92 points, uh, you know, I'm sure there are, there's a girl on that team who is looking for some kind of a college scholarship. So she wants to be bumping her scores up. But it's such a small minority where individual stats play a role. And, and from the media's point of view, I have, you know, I'll be the first one to say guilty. We don't, you know, when we say, you know, we don't say the team's lead, lowest score, the team's leading score was John Smith with 22 points. And, you know, the fastest time was this. So as a media, we're constantly worried about or talking about stats and, and those kinds of things. So it, there's a, a select few where the stats are so important. But in the big picture, how, does it, how do you balance what you're doing individually not being, and you know, and then trying not to be selfish, and giving that, you know, we we want to win, but we want to win with class. I don't know if college coaches even know if you're winning with class. I think so many of them are looking at the score and how yeah. that could do, and you know, how did that kid um, pin, you know, four guys in a row? Did he do it because he had four soft opponents, or did he do it because he's dominant? You know, when it comes to individuals like swimming times and and running times that's a more clear picture but in team sports it's really really hard uh so like what is your stance on like private schools playing public schools like this is the case between this game like the state tournament like yep. some private schools don't stand a chance against some public schools like we were in class m for baseball and east catholic like no no public school had a shot against them so i uh that's a really good point. And when you get the, well, that's interesting because obviously, I mean, in, in far as East Catholic goes, Windsor plays them all the time and, and they go fifth, but nine, you're right. In most cases. Um, and the difference is, is that public or Catholic schools, private schools are able to get players from basically anywhere they want. And parents will send kids to places where they think, there might have a good chance in a football program like at St. Joseph's, for instance, which loads up. Um, I personally think there should be separate divisions. It's easy, and I always say this, it's easy for me to, you know, to criticize what's your solution. I, I don't have a solution how you can separate out what they've done in basketball, at least, is they have, I call it the big boy division, where there's like 70 of the best schools in the state, or no, 35 play up there. And then they go down to divisions based on your success rate over the past several years. So there's a way to do that in football. It's harder because there's fewer games, but it's definitely uh, an unequal playing field when private schools who can get kids from anywhere play against your school, which, you know, you're getting kids from in town. It's a problem. I'd like to see them separate out even more. I like the basketball model where they're putting, the best schools based on their records over the past couple of years in one group. Then there's the next group. And I think you end up with four. And then they got the other argument. Well, now you got five state champions. So how many state champions do you want to have? Every state champ has a division. I've always said, if you win a state championship, there's nobody saying 20 years from now, when you're telling your, your, your kids, I want a state championship in division five, you just say, I want a state championship. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. So I would I'd like to see them separate out even more. But, you know, can you get can you get 12 and how can you travel, you know, kids from Fairfield County 
up to the you know the northeast corner to the you know to separate the divisions out. It's a lot harder to do than it is to say. Um, and like what we, Mr. Geary talked about it, you know, the fine line, you know, between sportsmanship, but there's also a fine line in, when it comes to the media and covering it. A, as a reporter, I you definitely you probably have cultivated your own opinions about issues like this. But what's the line between, you know, your responsibility to comment on this as a sports reporter and then your own personal opinion? Well, that's uh, that's a great question. And that has changed. So I'm in my, believe it or not, my 49th year uh, covering uh, in broadcasting. So I've seen it all. And it's much more difficult now to have an opinion on anything, let alone this. You better be, when you start, you better be looking at something that you think is way, way, way out there before you comment. And the other thing is I have a, a general rule that I don't criticize anything at the high school level. I try to really pull off of that. There was a, a game last week um, where Windsor um, lost the game on a last-second basket to Northwest Catholic. Northwest Catholic won by one point. There was a picture going around with triple zeros up on the scoreboard and the ball still in the guy's hand. So it looks like the basket shouldn't have counted. But I'm not going around criticizing high school officials who – are changing their schedules, who are working in COVID, who are doing everything they can to make the experience better. And it's the same thing with games as an athlete. I, you never hear me say that John Smith threw an interception. I say Bill Brown made an interception. I try not to focus on the negative aspects of high school sports. I look at the positive aspects that people did things. This team didn't fumble. This team recovered a fumble. So it, it's a subtle, but it takes the negative off a kid who feels bad enough that he may have cost somebody his game and puts the emphasis over on the kid who did something good and may have saved his kid a game. It's subtle. So on the high school level, I, I keep the opinions to myself. Now, if you're talking about fans and parents, well, that's a different story. Then I'm willing to go out there and take them on. But I, I don't like to criticize or give too much opinion on kids, on officials, on coaches at the high school level, because for the most part, they're all in the same thing. They're trying to do positive things for kids. And I like to participate in that. All right, Joe, we have one more question. Yeah. Again, we uh, can't thank you enough for your time. Um, switching gears a bit. So both Zach and Ryan here, besides being athletes, they're also uh, journalists. And Woodland has uh, a strong reputation for creating and cultivating uh, young journalists. In fact, one of them works at WFSB. Aya Galal graduated from Woodland. She's um, phenomenal. We graduated Kyle Brennan, who I think you know. I know Kyle very well. Speaking about people who have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. So uh, these guys, uh, they, they, they write for the school paper, the school website. They cover the games. Uh, you do basketball. What we, else do, we do the commentary for the basketball yeah. games. So they're graduating high school soon. What would be the next step in 2022 for somebody looking to get into sports journalism after high school? What 
what is the next step they should be taking uh, if they want to pursue this as a career? So the most important thing is to figure out where you want to be in this field. Um, social media has become huge. Um, podcast. Um, you can make a career out of being able to do podcasts. My best advice, because I look for this every day from our own people on the air, is writing. You know, mm -hmm. this is how kids. This is how kids write now. This isn't writing. You know, writing is sitting down. Well, as an English teacher, that warms my heart to hear you say that. It I had both these guys in class. It was my best subject in high school. Oh. The math things killed me. But writing, meaning I have a beginning, I have a middle, and I have an end. A lot of people have a beginning. Some people can get to the middle and almost nobody can close. So write anything. Write a game story. Because that's the kind of stuff you would submit to colleges that you would submit to newspapers, which really are not newspapers anymore. So I would do a lot of writing and I would also do a lot of what you're doing. Um, the announcing this year, we just started, I don't know if you have a time limit on this, but I'll, I'll go until you tell me to stop. This year we started doing a game of the week where we had student broadcasters do the game on our digital channel. So we put the game up, we let schools vote, Whatever school won, I'd go to the school. The school would recommend the winning school what students they would like to do the game. We had a play-by-play -play all the time, and then I would sit there and just sort of introduce them and let him do it. A couple of times, uh, Xavier, as an example, we had uh, color and play-by-play, -play, and they did the whole game. I would just introduce. So doing stuff and learning how to do the games is really, really important. So the more you do, the more you can put on a reel, the more writing you do, the more stuff you have together, then you pick a college where you think you want to go, where they offer a journalism kind of a program. And again, journalism these days has changed a lot. Remember that you want to, you're going to have to learn how to do everything. You're going to have to shoot games with this video. We've done it in some cases where our camera broke. Um, you have to learn how to do a lot of things pretty good. But if you can start with writing, formulate some stories, do some commentary pieces, do some feature, almost, you, I'm sure both you guys right now know X's and O's and can tell you who scored the most points. And you can describe, you know, goes to the lane, lays it up, shoots and scores. There's a thousand, thousand people who can do that. But not everybody can find that little sidebar story, that kid who's struggling or may have had a, a great story to tell. Find those, write those kind of stories, separate out by doing that kind of stuff. That'll separate separate you out. Um, and then my always my other advice is always is when somebody asks you, can you do this? You just say yes. And you figure it out. You never say, I've never done that before. Or you never say no. You just say, yeah, I'll figure it out. And try, try, try. I have I love people around me who give me 10 ideas. Nine of them are bad, but there's one great one rather than somebody who gives me no ideas ever. Failure is, is a really good thing in our business because you figure the harshest critic I ever had, you guys don't know him. You may know him, Teach. Um, Bryant Gumbel, who is a legend. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
when I was 25 years old, all of a sudden I was swept away from Syracuse, New York, and landed at the number two market in the country as a 25-year-old um, working the weekend sports in L.A. He was my boss, and believe me, I knew nothing. I had no college, no real-life experience. And I got out there, and day two I did a story, and he said, you don't know what you're doing. You're not running. I'm not running any of your stories until you get better. So failure is not a bad thing. It's going to make you get better. Don't worry. What you got to worry about not doing is don't not try. I hate to use the double. Just keep trying and take the failures because you're going to hit that that's that spot and just keep going. Best well, advice I can give you. That's that's what we were looking for, and that's great. And uh, I appreciate you uh, speaking to the importance of writing. Uh, luckily, these two are, are pretty good writers. And uh, I think we have a pretty good writing program along with journalism here at Woodland. So uh, on behalf of the podcast, on behalf of Ryan. Thank you very much. And Zach. And thank you for uh, coming on and talking with we us. We so appreciate you being a guest on the podcast today. And uh, thank you for the time. Can I give you one more piece of advice? Absolutely. Um, talking to the students. Don't ask mom and dad how your stuff is because they're not objective. <laughs> you have to find one or two people who will become your mentors early, maybe for life, who you respect, who you trust, who will tell you like it is. You don't want five of those people because you may get five different opinions and won't know where to go. But find a mentor, if you're lucky enough, who tells you like it is. It can't be mom and dad. It can't be a relative. It can't be a girlfriend because they're not going to tell you that sucked. Believe me. <laughs> That's good advice, right? You agree with that? I agree. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you very much. And we look forward to uh, continuing to see you on WFSB. And look, we're going to do games of the week for basketball. So get your school to vote. You've already got a couple of guys to do the games for us. Okay. Great. We look forward to it. Thank you so much for the time, Joe. Take care. Joe's on, everybody. See ya. Uh, hello, it's Mr. Geary here, uh, reporting for the uh, WRHS uh, Supporting Concern. And we're talking to uh, two of our volleyball coaches today, Mr. Amato and Mr. Tomlin. And we are talking about uh, the issues of sportsmanship versus competitiveness and, and things of the like. So, guys, um, we talked to Joe Zone earlier in the pod. And uh, the reason we had him on was... Because he had some strong takes on WFSB about the uh, Sacred Heart Academy Lyman Hall girls basketball game from early last month in which the score differential was pretty extreme. Um, So you guys coach, you coach girls teams. What is the line between kind of beating a team with authority and kind of, you know, working the girls out and, and, and having them, you know, get that killer instinct and kind of making sure that, uh, lines of sportsmanship are not crossed or are there lines? Uh, what what do you think? Coach Amato? Well, I believe every time you step on the court, you're, first job is to go out there and do the best you possibly can. And if that means you pull away quickly and effectively, that's what you've been practicing for for a, a long time. If it gets to a point where you know you, you have it in hand, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to slow down what you're doing. But 
we usually use it as an opportunity to try new plays, um, get uh, more people involved in in the offense that we normally wouldn't have. There are some of our bench players, giving them some time. Um, so we don't necessarily slow down, change up what we're doing, but we kind of moderate or modify how we're going about doing what we do. So the program continues to, to move forward that way. And our sport, I know this incident took place in basketball. Volleyball is a little different. If you give away momentum, sometimes if you give away a little bit of momentum, it can shift an entire uh, match uh, because we play the best of five. So you have to determine when you're going to let off the gas a little bit or make those changes. Uh, Lord knows we've been up two games before and have the momentum running away with it and have the momentum switch and then come back in and get swept the next three. So, All right. Thank you, Coach Amato. Coach Tomlin, what are your thoughts? Do you think running up a score is a problem? Do you think there's such a thing as running up a score or is that just competitiveness and that's the game you're both on the same floor or same court or same pitch or same field uh what are your thoughts on that well and as coach Mata was saying in volleyball i mean it's an entirely different sport where you do have those best out of five best out of three um so i'm not really you know i, I can't really speak to some of the other sports but i, I mean same thing that coach Mata was saying in volleyball is you, know, you go out there you want to dominate but the same token you have to be learning from it. The squad has to be taking lessons away from that. So changing up the offense, running different plays, you know, trying out those new combinations, yes, definitely keeping up that momentum, which is so important in volleyball, but the same token, understanding what now you're getting out of this match. All right. Uh, when we talked to Joe Zone, his uh, barometer, his baseline was that if it looks bad and it looks like it feels bad, he has an issue with it. So, you know, he, he wanted to kind of make sure people understood he did not have a problem with score differentials or even running up the score. It's a matter of he asks himself when he watches the game, does it look like, does it look bad? And does it look like it feels bad? Uh, do you think that's a good rule of thumb with sports, especially with uh, high school sports, with kids sports? I think so. I think there's some subjectivity to it that's involved. Uh, for volleyball, we have a set score. We're not playing against the clock. So we can't theoretically run a score up. We can just get there in a hurry. Uh, we want to be the first one there. But that's why sometimes we'll let players who haven't had experience come on because we can see that we're outplaying the other team. And we're not there just to pad stats for some of our outside hitters. Uh, so we give other kids who might not be as accurate or as consistent some play time to get them some on-court time uh, because otherwise it does look like we're actually going to to get after that team uh, to take advantage of someone that's not playing at the same level of competition. So I understand what Joe would mean by if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't play right. But usually we make sure that we're well out in front before we do that. All right. Well, Coach Amato, Coach Tomlin, I thank you for your time and uh, thank you for being on the uh, Sporting Concern today. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yep, thank you.
It's Mr. Geary here, uh, reporting for the WRHS Sporting Concern. I'm here with Coach Luddy. Coach Luddy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, Mr. Geary. <laughs> Hello there. So we're talking today, ostensibly we, uh, what got this conversation started at the beginning of the podcast was uh, the uh, girls basketball game from about a month ago um, between Sacred Heart Academy and Lyman Hall. And the score was extremely lopsided. Uh, we don't have to kind of hash out all the details again. I'm sure you know what we're talking about. So as a coach, as a coach of uh, high school girls sports, what do you see as this sort of line, the, uh, the line of demarcation between competitiveness and sportsmanship? Uh, well, there a, comes a point in a game where it's very clear um, that one team is, is just stronger than the other. And at some point, you have to make adjustments to your game plan to make it so it could be an actual game and that it's not a mockery of the sport. Um, there, I've been very lucky with softball. Um, we tend to be on the need to figure out how to stop scoring runs side of the coin. And it's, and it's about the culture of your team. Like, your team has to buy into the fact that Playing fair, working on skills is more important than driving up your stats, um, driving up records, uh, things like that. I mean, there comes a point where you can adjust your game plan to try and keep it reasonable or try and make it so the other team doesn't feel like they have to give up or get frustrated or, or be embarrassed. Um, now, as you've mentioned, uh, if, there, if there is a lopsided game, Sometimes it is uh, the Woodland girls that are kind of dishing it out. But I'm sure you've been on the other end of uh, some blowouts, either as a player yourself or as a coach. Is there anything to be learned or gained from getting a uh, beating like that? Well, when Woodland first opened, our soccer girls played varsity sports, and they were only freshmen and sophomores. In that first year at Woodland, we were we lost our soccer games. Like we were outmanned, we were outsized, we were outplayed, but not one single team in the NVL embarrassed us. Every team in the NVL would um, pass the ball around, work on their skills. Not one of those teams in the NVL embarrassed or humiliated my kids, which helped them set goals for the future, not give up and get better year by year by year because of the respect provided from those teams. There was only one time in my 25 coaching career where I've had a team run up the score on us and make it so it was. Are we, are we naming names? Uh, it was an out of league team. Um, but yeah, so only one time in my 25 years where was my team embarrassed and they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop stealing bases. Oh. They left their starting pitcher in. Um, but, you know, in 25 years, I've been lucky. I've, I've seen teams show sportsmanship and try to help each other out. Yeah, it does seem, and I understand there's a difference between different sports. Um, you know, we've had different coaches talk about how different sports allow you to sort of enact the quote-unquote gentleman's rules. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems like it's coach's choice whether they do that or they just keep uh, playing. So we appreciate the time, Coach Luddy. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Mr. Geary. All right. All right, it's Mr. Geary again here for the uh, WHS Sporting Concern. I'm here with Mr. Decker, who is our athletic director. Hello there, Mr. Decker. Welcome back to the show. Mr. Geary, thanks for uh, inviting me. I appreciate it. 
So the uh, subject we're talking about here today was uh, ostensibly uh, we were discussing the situation that happened earlier last month, uh, the girls' basketball game between Sacred Heart Academy and Lyman Hall. Uh, we don't know all the details of that. We you know, obviously haven't talking to, spoken to the coach. So we were just kind of broadening the subject and talking about competitiveness versus uh, kind of sportsmanship and, and issues like that. Uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, WFSB's Joe Zone on as a guest uh, because he had a particularly um, tough take on it, I, I would say, on, on his show after that happened. What was uh, Mr. What was Mr. Gear? What was uh, Mr. Zone's take there on it? Mr. Zone, uh, when he was on the uh, the the sportscast that that week, um, you know, he took issue with the game, and uh, he he seemed to to have a problem with the score. And when we had him on the show, he explained his uh, his kind of two parameters for when it's an issue are, you know, does it look right? And does it look like it feels right? And if, you know, he said if it doesn't look like it's right or it doesn't look like the kids feel right, he has an issue with the score. So if it's, a, you know, it's not just, you know, because it's a blowout or a big score, but if, if it just does look lopsided or looks like the kids are not learning something or that the kids are uh, not having a good time, uh, Joe Zone had an issue with it. So... As the athletic director here at Woodland, uh, what do you think about uh, that kind of parameter, that kind of baseline? Well, listen, I think we ha- what we have to remember is we are a scholastic uh, sport, right? We're here for athletics, but we're also here for kind of the educational-based athletics. So I think part of this plan is that we have to make sure that uh, the students are competing, but that they're competing uh, fairly. Um, that the, the emphasis is that they are, are learning as they're competing. And so I want to make sure that they, what they are learning is something that is going to be kind of uh, life goals for them, that uh, they have to be able to not just uh, demoralize their opponent. Um, it, it's interesting in that the Sacred Heart Academy game is getting all the press because a couple of days before the Naugatuck High School boys had a, a similar score in Naugatuck Valley action and we had talked about that um, with some of our kids and you know the fact that at what point is it that you kind of maybe you continue to always play hard but do you put in your JV players, your, your freshman players, so that it is a competitive, so that both sides are getting out of something out of it that is useful. I think that's, the, that's my key is that both sides can get something out of it that is useful. Yeah, which is why I liked, uh, I liked how you put it. I liked how uh, Joe Zone put it that it's, you know, it's not a clear-cut line. It's more holistic. And so I liked when he said, you know, does it look right? And does it look like it feels right? And as you said, you know, as a, as a former educator yourself, current educator, I should say, as well as athletic director, you know, you take all aspects of the student athlete into mind. Um, another issue that came up in our podcast was the fact that, you know, one school there is a private school. And, uh, you know, they don't have to draw just from one team in one region, one town in one region. Whereas the other school 
is a public school and has a finite border to where they can draw from. And here at Woodland, you know, we sometimes play Catholic schools and private schools that, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, can, can recruit players sometimes, whereas the public school is sort of, you know, draws from just within their town or region borders. Do you think that's an issue? Because sometimes we see some of these lopsided scores are at the hands of a private or Catholic school defeating a public school. Do you think that's an issue? And if so, is there is there a, a quote-unquote cure for it here in the NVL and in the state? Well, uh, I don't know if that is the big issue. Um, we continuously see scores in different sports and different teams that are lopsided. Uh, the issue mostly, I think, has to do with the leadership for those particular programs. You know, I don't know if, you know, um, there are other sports you go to where in football we have certain rules that if you go up by uh, 35 points, you have a running clock in the second half. Um, and a lot of times there are blowouts in football, and it's not just private schools beating public schools. So no matter what sport you have, you're going to have blowouts in it. Um, what you have to do is if you think that there might be a possibility, you have to have strong leadership in your program to be able to control and manage the second half of games so that it doesn't become an embarrassment for uh, the teams involved. All right. Well, there we go. Mr. Decker uh, setting my uh, private school, Catholic school bias, uh, taking that to task there and setting the record straight. So I appreciate that. Um, any other final words on, on scores, lopsided scores, anything of the like, uh, Mr. Decker? Do you think this is just an issue that it exists, unfortunately, in, in uh, high school sports and it's something kids just have to kind of learn from and deal with? Or, or is there some sort of cure or uh, end to it? Well, I think the final result is um, this has hopefully been a good learning uh, experience for other schools throughout the state, right? We have some very successful programs at Woodland. Use this as an opportunity to talk to my coaches and say, hey, listen, if this happens, what will we do in this situation? You know, our soccer teams have been very successful. Volleyball teams have been very, a lot of our teams have been very successful. So I talk to those coaches and say, hey, let's, let's be prepared that if we're in soccer, say we're up eight goals, you know, that we're making certain rules that we have to do to um, score, make sure we score again so that we can take into account the other team. We're not just going to raise the score to a point where we're embarrassing our opponent. Okay, well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your leadership, Mr. Decker, and I appreciate you uh, joining us here on The Concern. Thank you very much. There's a lot of appreciating. Thank you. Well, we're the, uh, we're the appreciators here. All right, there you go. Thank you. Okay, that wraps up another episode of the WRHS Sporting Concern. Want to thank all of our great guests today. Want to thank my co-hosts and want to thank you, most importantly, the listeners for making the concern happen. We will talk to you soon. Thanks again. Bye.